How dangerous could a 15-year-old boy be? What if a 15-year-old boy sexually assaulted his neighbor at gunpoint? Because as an adult, he would go on to commit a mass murder and get away with it. Not only that, but the double life he'd lead would have him a realtor by day and kidnapper by night. His victim count was growing and was something he'd brag about. He felt little to no remorse for his actions, taking to the internet to review the products he so freely used to commit his acts. Then, how dangerous do you think a 15-year-old could be? I'm Nicole. And I'm Ben. And you are listening to Wicked and Grip. A true crime podcast. Nicole's over here giggling away because again, <laughs> she forgot her intro. I know. You could literally just compile all of me. What do we say again? Oh my into God. Into like a sure. reel and it would be hilarious because I literally, I'm always like, what do I say? It'd be like those, those reels with <laughs> Owen Wilson. Wow. 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 <laughs> It'd just be you, what do we say? What do we say? What Me we say? just like utterly confused at every moment of time. And that's that's the sum of our show. Yeah. <laughs> Utter yeah. confusion and just flying by the seat of her pants. I don't know why. It's the same every week, but it's just, I feel like it changes so often, but well, it does. <laughs> what are we on now? Episode 77, I think? Well, I don't even know. 70 something. You're asking me that when I don't even know how to do our intro? <laughs> After 77 episodes? Exactly. Well, that's exactly my point. But yeah, you also have a point. That's fair. That is a fair point. Uh, yeah. So, so welcome to the podcast. What's up? How's it going? How's it yeah. shaking? Hope you guys have a drink in your hand, whether it be alcoholic or non. Sit down, have a sip. I was just going to say mine is non-alcoholic, but then I always screw that up because I put Caroline's in my hot chocolate. Oh, so Caroline's is so delicious. You know, it's it's uh, it's got booze in there. It's got booze in mm -hmm. there. Story of my life. <laughs> I've got booze in me. But we've had a good week. Um, the wet. We've had some decent days. The weather is finally like spring-like here, I feel like. Yeah, we're actually getting leaves on the trees now. So exciting. But mosquitoes are coming, so mm -hmm. that sucks. But yeah, we've been spending a lot of time outside with the doggos and just enjoying it before, I guess, we go out there and just get eaten alive. Yeah. And uh, we actually have a photo shoot coming up with the dogs, too. Yeah. So... That's so exciting. You guys will get to see some pictures of the pupperdoos and Us the dog the dolls. We got to figure out what we're going to wear. Let's do that tonight. I'm going to have to go shopping. Probably clothes. Oh, I was thinking nude. Nude? Yeah. No, well, we could do that if you want. Yeah. Why not? Live it up. Sure. Let's do it. You know, we're in the best shape of our fucking lives right now. <laughs> <laughs> Just I, kidding. My body shape right now is Play-Doh, Okay. <gasps> Yeah, actually, that just was comical because we both are not, and we we're trying though. We're ch we're making small life changes. I've got a solid COVID body right now. Let's put it that way. Yeah, but I don't know if we have that excuse anymore. We gotta yeah get going here. Touche, touche. Uh, we should move on though, away from uh, you know uh, talking negative about ourselves. Absolutely, and we should get a little more positive over here on Patreon because we had a crap ton of you guys join us over there. Oh this my week. gosh, it was so exciting. Uh, 
It's incredible how many people are joining us and you guys seem to be having fun over there. Uh, so thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And specifically to those who joined us this week, I'm not going to hand it over to Nicole because she always hates it when I do that. So it'll be me well, talking I again. I don't even have it ready right oh, now. Well, I've got the list right here if you want it. <laughs> do you want it? Uh, no, I haven't even looked at them. So you go ahead. <laughs> That's what I thought. You go ahead. Well, you've looked at it. You just haven't reviewed how to say the name. Oh, yeah. Like I didn't practice. Yeah. There you go. Uh, so first off, we got Des Catherine who joined us. We have Andrea Padovic. I really hope I said your name right. She even uh, sent us a, a message on how to pronunciate her name. She even went like phonetically on it and everything. I know. So, it was like awesome. So I hope we didn't screw that yeah, up. Zero excuses if I messed that up. Sorry. <laughs> uh, we have Lulia Tesfe. Gorgeous name. Don Johnson. Ronnie. I really hope I said that right too. R-O-N-I-I could be Roni. I don't know if it's like a nickname or not. Mm -hmm. So it's it's hard hard to read that one. Still awesome. Oh yeah, definitely. Don't get me wrong. Uh, we also have Robin Wedding, Desiree Huri, and Darion Shankwiller. Wow. Thank you all for joining us over on Patreon and being so fucking wicked. Those sound like some awesome people. They they certainly are. And we do have like fun over there. We just did I actually did the um episode hint on Patreon. This time? Yeah. And um, I was like, first person that guessed it. It was like a pretty easy hint. I was pretty nice. Yeah, you were. Um, But I was like, first person that gets this, we'll mail them a pair of Jackal socks. So. Yeah. So they get a piece of merch because in 20 seconds, they were able to guess it. So Boom. Echo is amazing and she's getting some Jackal socks. Yeah. So. Pretty pumped about that. Easy peasy lemon squeezy. Yeah. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Well, should we move on to the episode, though? Yeah, without further ado or what here? Yeah, you dropped it on Amazon what it was. So now tell us. On Amazon? Oh, sorry. <laughs> you dropped it on Patreon what it was. I think I just gave us a hint. Uh, so tell us what the case is. Oh, my word. My um, bad. So it's Todd Kolhep, which is the Amazon review killer. And that's why I said Amazon. On Amazon, yeah. Yeah, we dropped on Amazon. We're on Amazon now. Actually, we are on Amazon with Audible and podcasts and everything. So. Oh, shit. Really? Yeah, you can listen to us there. Okay, I was like, what are we telling on Amazon? <laughs> I was so confused. Yeah, you can find our podcast. I was Amazon. like, is our merch on Amazon? Yeah. That doesn't make any sense, no, but it's Am not. Amazon podcast, you can find us. Okay. Okay, so Todd was born on March 7th, 1971 in Florida. He was raised in South Carolina and Georgia, though. Todd's parents would divorce when he was little baby, two years old, with his mother getting custody. She would marry another man the following year, and it was later reported that Todd didn't have the most healthy of relationships with his new father figure. Well, dang. That's very tough. Yeah, no kidding. It seems, I, I hate it when kids just don't have that relationship with their their uh, parental figures or any, mm -hmm. of any sort. I mean, sometimes, of course, it's not to anyone's fault, but. It seems far too often that it is yeah. just neglecting that relationship. Well, itself. and it's especially more often with people like who we're about to talk about here. 
He'd often asked to go live with his biological father, who was pretty much non-existent in his life since the divorce with his mom, though. But, you know, the grass is always greener on the other side of the fence scenario, I think. So by him always wanting to go there, he thought it would just be a better life for him, right? Yeah, fair enough. Todd was described as a troublesome child. He was known to show aggress, aggress, aggression, aggression, aggression. There you go. Nailed it. <laughs> Towards other children, often destroying their property. What a dick. Yeah. And I like when I read that, I just like pictured this little boy bully that was like ripping up his classmates artwork or something, you know, like that's just like what I pictured. I picked there's an episode of Family Guy where some kid is like stealing toys from Stewie and like the sandbox and stuff. And then Stewie just like literally kills this kid. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> well, I mean, it's family guy. Yeah, right? that's true. That's true. Yeah, I can't remember what he does. I remember the kid choking on something or something. I don't Holy know. But yeah, Stewie full on gets revenge on him. It's kind of funny. Whoa. Um, so he was also dismissed from Boy Scouts because he was too disruptive. Dang. Which is like next level. I feel like that's next level. I feel like it'd be hard to be dismissed from boys or boy. Yeah, Boy Scouts. But I have no idea. I have no idea. Yeah, I, I was never in a, a Scouts thing of any sort as a kid, so I'm not certain either. But Yeah. Um, when Todd was only nine, he under he started undergoing counseling. Along with being a troublesome child, he was described as very explosive and preoccupied with sexual content. Age nine. Wow. I feel like that's okay. a little young, right? That's a little young. That's a little young. I mean, for sure. Everyone has curiosities, especially, I mean, little boys definitely have curiosities. I'm not so certain about little girls, but I was a little boy once and the curiosities are definitely there, but I mean, to what extent that's, that's a whole other question. Yeah. Right? I don't know. I, but also, well, I say nowadays, I feel like kids are growing up a lot quicker, but that was a little while ago. So I don't know. Nine just seems a little young. Yeah, it does. He was also displaying cruelty to animals. Fuck this guy. Which, you know, we all absolutely hate. And um, that is definitely an early sign. Yeah, and I'm basically just describing like a little serial killer, right? In the making is pretty, pretty much. much what I'm doing right now. Yep. The re reported animal cruelty was shooting a dog with a BB gun, which like isn't the worst I've ever heard because I don't think that would like kill the dog, right? No, it wouldn't. Yeah, I mean, depending on the power of the BB gun, the BB could potentially... Or how many you did and... Yeah, but the BB could potentially sink in the fur and cause an infection. Oh, but chances okay. are, with a BB gun, it would have to be a really strong BB gun to do that. It's just a dick move. Well, and this is even more of a dick move. He also killed a goldfish by pouring bleach in its tank. Jeez Louise! That one's like... A, a little, a bit more drastic in my opinion. No kidding. But we have heard of much worse when it comes to animal oh, yeah. cruelty, but but he's still doing something here. Yes. In 1983, Todd would get his wish of going to live with his bio biological father who was living in Arizona. It was his, it was from his, whoa, where am I here? Oh, yeah. Here I am. Sorry. It was, <laughs> from, it was from his father that Todd allegedly inherited his hobby of collecting weapons and was taught how to blow things up and make bombs. Huh. Okay. And I don't necessarily blame the father for that because it wasn't like it wasn't like Todd was a little cupcake when he went to go like live with his father, right? Mm -hmm. And he had probably already had an interest in that sort of thing. And it was just his father's way of maybe 
trying to like bond. connect with him, right? Yeah. Not realizing the extent of like the damage he could potentially be doing. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It was just a way to connect. So he went with it. I mean, that's fair. That's a fair argument. Yeah. I don't know. That's just kind of how I grasp things. But who, who knows? Despite this common interest, their relationship would deteriorate during the time Todd was there due to his father not being all that present with his son. Mm. So the grass wasn't greener, folks. He owned a restaurant, and when he wasn't there, he was often out spending time with his his girlfriend at the time. Todd would say he wanted to return home to live with his mother, but that was often delayed due to excuses his mother would make. Which is kind of sad because, I mean, he was kind of a character, but it would also hurt regardless. Like, yeah. both your parents not really wanting you to be super present in their life, you yeah. know? Yeah, I mean, uh, you have responsibilities as a parent. And I mean, doing that sort of stuff, your kids see it. Your kids definitely see it. Like, you, I've seen reels before of like a little, like on Instagram of these like five-year-old kids at Christmas concerts and stuff. And they're looking out in the audience for oh parents. Oh my gosh. And when they see their parents, they just fucking light up, right? Mm-hmm. So imagine if they're looking for their parents and the parent isn't there. Yeah. They're going to be crushed. They don't forget that shit. They don't actually. Oh my gosh. That is so true. You always see like the kids literally, they look, they look. And if you're not there, they know. Yeah. And that, yeah, that does not leave them at all. So in 1986, while still in Arizona, Todd's dark side would show its true colors. Here we go, folks. Let's do it. On November 25th, 1986, 15-year-old Todd would kidnap his 14-year-old neighbor, a girl he had a crush on, but who didn't share the same feelings. She was watching her younger siblings at the time when Todd came over threatened her with a .22 caliber revolver and insisted that she come back to his home with him. Once there, he tied her up, taped her mouth shut, and raped her. What an ass. Like 14 and 15? Like, holy shit. That just is, it's, it just makes your... It's sick, sickening, sickening. That's disgusting that a 15-year-old would be capable or even have the thoughts to do that. Yeah. And she was literally at home watching her, like, I think it was six and three-year-old sibling. Wow. When the Nightmare Act was over, he walked his neighbor back home and threatened to kill her little siblings if she told anyone what happened. Did she tell anyone? She did tell. She did? Good. She told Todd would, la- would, however, later be charged with the crime. He was charged with kidnapping, sexual assault, and committing a dangerous crime against a child. In 1987, he pled guilty to the kidnapping charge so that the other charges would be dropped, which I just... Lesser I just, sentence. I don't get that. I don't think that's, like, right, but whatever. I don't... Th- <sighs> I mean, I, it's because then they're guaranteed to get something, right? Yeah. And I just, uh, I don't know, like that whole thing, I understand it, but I don't at the same time. The, th- the thing that really gets me is how can a lawyer defend that? Yeah. Like a lawyer specifically walked into court and said, we're going to get you a lesser charge. How the fuck can you sleep at night? I know. I think I actually talk about this. Yeah, I have a, a sentence in here about that later because I'm just like, I have, I have no idea how defense lawyers can go about defending like 
absolutely like, scam of the earth. It would be a super hard job. And so is it just because for the money? Like, are they just doing it for the money? It's their job. Yeah. They, I don't know how they disassociate that and how they can defend someone like that. I think that would just be so ridiculously hard. I understand everyone needs a defense. I get that. Yeah. But if someone's like, you 100% did these five things, well, we'll plead guilty to just one of them and we'll, we'll pretend the others didn't happen. Fuck no, you did all those things. I'm going to defend you for all these things and you're going to take responsibility for it. Like, like, you know? Yeah. I know. I don't think I could be, that could not be a job that I did no. or do. There's no way I could do it either. So Todd was sentenced to 15 years in prison and registered as a sex offender. You know, that's, that's actually kind of impressive. That I know we've had a lot of cases where like, oh, he gets like two years. And he's a minor. He's 15. Well, they did. Um, I'm pretty Try sure they adult? tried him as an adult. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah, yeah. that, that's, that's pretty impressive. Mm -hmm. So there you go. So it, the, the justice system doesn't always fail us. Apparently. Yeah. Yeah. Though I think it should be more, but comparatively, that's impressive. You well, know what it, I mean? it probably should be more because what I'm about to say here, the judge in the case said Todd was very bright. Um, he did have a, this isn't what the judge said. This is just a side note. He did have an average IQ of 118. So the judge said he was very bright and should be advanced um, academically, but behaviorally and emotionally, he's dangerous and likely could not be rehabilit rehabilitated. Wow. Okay. So that's scary for- That is very scary. Someone at that age, I mean, I feel like you should be able to be rehabilitated at that age, but- And for a judge to have that sort of foresight too. I mean, I'm assuming it was a couple of years after the incident where he actually would receive his sentencing. So he's probably like 17 at this time or so. Yeah. But at 17, after a first incident, for a judge to be able to see that mm -hmm. and say, yeah, you can't rehabilitate this individual. Yeah, wow. but the thing is, he's so young and he's only getting 15 years, so he's coming out. Yeah. Which is terrifying. But that is, exactly, that's absolutely terrifying about this individual and that's impressive on the judge's side. Yeah. So that, that, that's, so the, wow, okay. The judge, I think, probably did the best they could and like gave them the highest sentence they could, right? Because yeah. they felt that way. Todd's probation officer wrote a similar descri description in court papers and added that he felt, like he, he added that Todd felt the world owed him something. Fuck off. Which I just, ugh. Todd's attorney, however, said he did not believe his client would go on to harm others in the future. And that's where I'm like, whatever helps you sleep at night, buddy. Because yeah, like- that's his job. That's just how you're probably getting through this. I don't know. Yeah. No, he's he's- He's got a, that's his job to paint his client in the best picture possible. And yep. that's what he has to say. Yep. Though he knows he's lying through his fucking teeth. Yep. So while in prison, Todd initially showed some violent behavior, but it didn't carry on. And as he hit his 20s, it kind of seemed to, to stop. While he was in prison, though, he did go about getting himself a bachelor's degree in computer science from the Central Arizona College, which I was like, that's like pretty impressive. That is actually and I was also like curious who the heck pays for that. I'm sure there's certain programs in in facilities like that where the government pays for it. Because if you look at it in the way of like it's rehabilitation, yeah. so they're going to be going back into society. They're going to need jobs and stuff. So I honestly don't have quarrels with the government um, no, funding that. But like the fact that you can get a free degree like that, like holy crap, that's amazing because that shit's not cheap. No. But also you're locked away for how many years? You're, you're well, yeah, because you did something <laughs> bad though. Yeah. But you, 
You you know what I'm trying to say. I know what you're trying to say, but it's also like, wow, like a free degree. I, I could have used that. But anyway. Well, go to jail. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, he was released in August of 2001 at the age of 30 and moved back to South Carolina where his mother was living. And he seemed like he was determined to make something of himself. Good. From January 2002 to November 2003, Todd worked as a graphic designer for a company in Spartanburg. In 2003, he also began studying at Greenville Technical College, later transferring to the University of South Carolina Upstate, obtaining himself another university degree in 2008, this time in business administration marketing. Wow. That's pretty impressive, Deb. That is. Two degrees, I feel like, right? Yeah. But back in 2003, we're going to go back here. Okay. Because back. This, this would be the year his anger got the best of him once again. No shit. Todd saved up his money to purchase a motorcycle from Superbike Motorsports. Not being as experienced of a rider, but rather someone who was learning, it was obvious quite early that the bike that Todd had decided to purchase was just too much of a bike for him. Yeah. So he went back to the bike shop to see if he could return this motorcycle. But this request didn't go so well. It's unclear what exactly was said, but it was later reported by Todd's mother that the employees laughed at him and would not allow him to return the bike, embarrassing him for not knowing how to ride properly. There's a couple things there. I mean, of course you can't just fucking return a, a vehicle no. you purchased. Like, I mean, we just got a vehicle last year. If I thought it was a piece of shit, I don't think I could just be like, I'm returning this. No, they would buy it back at a discounted price. So they could sell it again and, you know, get more money. Yeah. That's, that's how vehicle purchases work. But then there is also this thing called customer service. <laughs> yes. And you don't fucking laugh at someone and they shouldn't have sold him a bike that he couldn't have handled to begin with. Yeah. But that's not also their fault either. Technically, I don't think. And we don't technically know for sure what they did. This Todd guy could have rearranged how they treated him. That's and, true. And maybe he was overly sensitive or something. Right. That's true. So. It's funny, though, about this conversation, because it was only a few weeks ago, I was down the rabbit hole on YouTube, and I just so happened to watch a video of some biker YouTube dude who was going to bike shops undercover, because he's like quite a big name in the industry or whatever, Okay, undercover, and trying to pretend to be a newbie biker who doesn't know what he's wanting, and just trying to buy the strongest, most powerful bike he can. Okay. And seeing if the shops would sell it to him being a newbie or if they'd actually be like, no, you need a smaller bike for your own safety. Really? Because I'm yes. imagining the the more of a bike is like more also more expensive, right? Yes, it is. So is it an ethics thing or are they just going to try and make money? And actually, surprisingly, most shops were like, yeah, you don't, you need a smaller bike, dude. Okay. That's so good because yeah, business, like I have a business degree as well. And like, we actually went through ethics like a lot in that degree Yeah, because that's bad. Oh, hundred percent. So if this shop didn't practice those ethics, yeah. that is really bad on them. Yeah. So. So, but I mean, it does not justify what, what came to them. Um, a normal person would most likely accept this fate, maybe have written the business a not so hot review, you know? Yep. 
on, I was going to say Amazon, but not on Amazon, Google. Google. One star. <laughs> um, but because there would be the option to privately sell that bike and use that money to purchase one that was a better fit for them, right? Yeah. Kind of take your loss and keep going. Yeah. But not Todd. But not Todd. But not Todd. Instead, on November 6th, 2003, he went back to Superbike Motorsports and he pretended to browse the bikes until no more customers were present in the shop. And he went about shooting every single employee there at the time. That is so fucked up. Like that's like, I don't care what the fuck they did. Like that is just never justified. No, they hurt your feelings. So you're going to kill them all. That like, is some, that is some tiny PP energy right that there. That is nuts. That's little dick energy through and through. <laughs> it is. Tell me I'm wrong. That's just like, you're a piece of shit energy. Yeah. I don't know. So he started in the back killing. I don't know why I'm playing with a coaster. I'm going to put that down. <laughs> so he started in the back killing Chris Sherbert, who was age 26 first he was the mechanic of the shop. Then he moved on to Beverly Guy, who was the bookkeeper and also mother of the shop owner. She was 52 years old. Next would be the service manager, Brian Lucas, who was 29 years old. And finally, the owner himself, Scott Ponder, at age 30. All four died from multiple gunshot wounds. Jeez. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Like, that's... Whew. That's terrifying. That is absolutely terrifying because they didn't really do that much wrong. So it just like makes me like sweat a little. Mm -hmm. A customer and friend of the shop was the one to stumble on the mass shooting. He was at one point considered a suspect too. He had called ahead to make sure it was cool to come and visit. And in that time, it was a very short period of time of that call. And his arrival was when the mass murder took place. Scott's wife, Melissa, was also considered a possible suspect for a time. And this is like a wild story and will give you something extra to worry about. Something I honestly didn't even really consider could, would happen. So Melissa was called to the police station a few times for questioning because it's not rare really that a victim's spouse would be, right? Yeah. So at the time of Scott's murder... This is super sad. Melissa was actually pregnant. So oh, shit. leaving like this baby never got to meet his dad, dad yeah. right? During one of the visits to the police station, after the baby was born, Melissa changed the baby's diaper there, which the police later gathered the diaper and sent to the lab to test DNA, which I'm like, that seems so freaking weird to me. With the DNA coming back that the father was in fact not Scott. Oh, shit. But Brian, who was the service manager of Sup at Superbikes. Oh, shit. Yeah. 
Jerry, Jerry, Jerry. Oh, my gosh. Hey, but was it actually, like, legal for them to take that diaper? Oh, yeah, 100%. It's disposed of, especially in their premises. Oh, my gosh, I guess. But I just think that's so wild. I don't know. Anyway, it was thought that the the men were victims of some sort of, like, love triangle gone wrong, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that means they thought Melissa killed both Scott and Brian, which honestly makes no sense, really, or hired someone to commit the act. I'm not sure. But she swore there was no love triangle and that the baby's father was Scott. And she never, ever, ever budged from that. The DNA was even retested at one point and uh, upon her request still showed that Brian was the father. It wasn't until later that it was figured out the blood found at the crime scene was mislabeled. So Scott and Brian's DNA had mistakenly been switched. Jerry, Jerry. (laughs) What the heck is wrong with you? That is crazy. Yeah. So a further test confirmed that Scott was the child's father after all. And Melissa was ruled out as a suspect. Oh, shit. That is wild. Holy. And like, I'm, I feel so bad for Melissa. No kidding. Because like people like her family and like friends were actually starting to like wonder. She had just like given birth. So she probably has hormones going through her body that are so nuts. She's trying to take care of this little baby that now doesn't have a father. And this is happening. The scrutiny of your own integrity being questioned. Like, wow. Holy shit. Like, I feel like she should have like sued someone. No shit. Shit. Gosh, I think it was. You, you actually might be able to sue for the defamation, like, because I'm sure that came out in news articles and stuff like that, right? Yeah. Because I think what actually had well, happened. clearly did if we're reading it. Yeah. What happened was they had at one point tested Beverly and Scott's DNA because Beverly was like the mom that yeah. got killed and it didn't match. So then that's when they like, oh, something's wrong here. Okay. But so bad. Anyway. This case would go unsolved for years, 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 years. It wasn't until Todd got arrested for another crime that he would be caught for the murders of these four individuals. So he got away with this for many years. Fucking dickweed. Yeah. Hate this guy. So now moving on to 2006, Todd would go about getting his real estate license. He allegedly admitted he had a felony conviction when he applied for his real estate license, but he lied in the letter he wrote explaining the charges, saying he argued with his, he called her his girlfriend. Police were called. He had a gun and was caught up in a crackdown on gun violence. So like basically his felony was no big deal. Was no big deal. And they granted him the license. Which I'm like, how does that even work that someone would believe this person when they have like a record, but that he can talk himself out of it? That that's just, no. Well, it's one of those things that these people like this who are often serial killers or master manipulators, right? They are. And I mean, he's going into a realtor too. Lots of times those kind of people are like pretty smooth and like salesman-y kind of, right? Yeah. Salesman, saleswoman. Yeah. He then went on to build a real estate firm, which had a dozen plus agents and had been recognized as a top selling agent in the Carolina region. So he was like, he was doing good. A client who used Todd to sell his home, her home, described him as an extremely outgoing and professional individual, 
but did note that he would often talk about his firearms and some sometimes subtly use sexual Indian Indian innuendos. Indian, I can't even say that. Indiendos. Indiendos. Innuendos. Innuendos. Just kidding. <laughs> Smooth. Yeah. During their conversation, so like he was like good, but he was also like weird. That's just weird. I don't think I'd be okay with that as a realtor. Like if I was had this realtor. I'm sit. I'm gonna continue on with my small PP energy. <laughs> Honestly, I think. He's- oh, it just gets worse, dude. Yeah. However, a woman who assisted one of Todd's employees would describe him as angry and condescending towards his partner. He apparently would also watch porn at work, which is really disturbing. I don't want to know what the underside of his desk looked like. Oh, Ben. Oh. Sorry. Ew. I just said I don't want to know. <sighs> yeah, well, that made me visualize shit. <laughs> and I don't like that. Sorry. Oh, where are we? Okay. He goes <laughs> to stand up and his pants are oh, stuck to during, his desk. During this time, he also acquire, acquired, we're moving on, Sorry. a private pilot license and several properties, including a nearly 100-acre piece of land in May of 2014. Nice piece of property. This was located near the community of Moore. So he purchased the land for just over 300000 So even though this dude, this dude was a registered sex offender, mass murderer, he was basically like thriving and living his best fucking life. Which no is shit. so irritating. So irritating to me. And it... I don't understand, like, I understand that they're, they're smooth talkers, they're slick, they slip through the cracks, but how it just keeps happening, it's like case after case after case, it fucking bothers me so yeah. much. Yeah. Because there's only so many people out there who are like this, yeah. who are doing those things, but it seems like such a high percentage of them fucking get away with it for a long time. Yeah. Yeah, just constantly. I mean, I kind of wish, in a sense, not that I had, like, serial killer traits, but just, like, the smooth talker, like... Yeah, and like awesome kind of thing. Yeah, that, that wasn't smooth. Yeah, I know, because I don't have it. <laughs> I wish I did. I wish I had a little bit of that. Just a but little bit? Just a little bit. Not like the, the arrogance part of it. Gotcha. Fair enough. Okay, so this would soon catch up to him and the sinister plans he had for this newly acquired 100-acre property. A property that he would spend an additional $80,000 to have fenced. Wow. But what was it that he was wanting to hide? Yeah. Who the fuck knows? But I'm sure you're about to tell us. Well, fast forward to November 3rd, 2016. Authorities were at Todd's 100-acre property with a search warrant. They were also at Todd's home with a search warrant, making sure they were covering their bases and not allowing Todd to get away with any more of his nonsense. Good. They were investigating and searching for a missing couple, Kayla Brown and Charles David Carver, who were reported missing by Charles's mom on September 3rd. They were led to Todd's property. Oh, shit. What did he do now? The last time the couple had been in contact with any- anyone was on August 31st when Kayla sent a text to a friend early in the morning asking if they were awake. When the friend responded several hours later, they never heard back from Kayla. On September 5th, after Kayla's friend had reported the couple as missing, 
the police went to check Kayla's apartment where they came across her dog who had been left alone in the apartment without food. So if that is not a red flag, that shit's gone south, right? Because as we know, people do not just leave their fucking dogs unattended. No. Oh, that it's almost like just breaks my heart. No kidding. Oh my gosh. Like, yeah, if someone comes here and these dogs have been like peeing and doing whatever and have no food, like. We we, dead. We need help. (laughs) (laughs) So then in September and early October, strange posts were being made to Charles's Facebook Posts indicating that the couple just got married and that they were fine. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's shady as fuck. Yeah. That's like super weird. So they're missing. Their dog is starving and his Facebook post says, oh, we're fine. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. The post made the families of the missing couple even more on edge as they appeared to be fake and so random considering no one was able to reach the couple. Like that would just be so, I'm sure that's so out of character, right? Oh yeah. Plus, I mean, who uses Facebook anymore? No, I'm just kidding. I do. I know. So do I. (laughs) Um, So once Kayla's last known cell phone signal was determined to be on Todd's property, the Spartanburg Sheriff office investigators went there and to Todd's residence on November 3rd. It was on his property that they heard a banging noise coming from inside a metal shipping container. That must just be so eerie. Like I couldn't imagine the adrenaline going on. Oh God. So the shipping container was locked up tight with numerous locks, but once investigators um, got the got removed the locks and entered. They found Kayla at the very rear of the dark container. She was chained up like a dog, with a chain around her neck and a cuff around her ankle. Fuck, poor she, girl. I know. Like, there's okay. This is actually really disturbing. But there's actually like a video out of her them coming in there and like her being on. It was dog beds, actually, that she was on. But I'm just like, I feel like that shouldn't be out there. I, yeah, I think so. And I think I've seen Like, that's her getting rescued. Like, that's private, I feel like. Yeah. But like I said, I think I've seen a documentary on this case. I can't remember a fucking single detail. But I do remember um, someone being rescued from a shipping container and seeing that footage. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's just heartbreaking. I know. I just don't like that that's out there. So she had been kept there for two months where she was repeatedly raped twice a day. and Twice in- a day? Yeah. Fuck. And intimidated into not escaping after witnessing Todd shoot her boyfriend Charles dead with multiple gunshots and being shown the graves, graves of Todd's other victims. Wow. Can you imagine the psychology behind that, what you're thinking? I know. After seeing that and being locked up and going through all that for two months? I know. Like, I don't even know. Imagine the euphoria when you're finally rescued. So Todd told her as long as she served her purpose, she was safe. She said he would get there daily between one and three and again between five and seven. He'd take her up to the main building feed her and make her do whatever he wanted sexually and then bring her back to the shipping container like that is that is just two months of complete hell this guy is absolute scum um kayla had known todd though 
she had been working for him, cleaning houses and clearing properties before Todd offered them for rent. They were at Todd's property the day they went missing because he had hired them to remove some underbrush. So I think that's like crazy that she also knew this person. It is. Because there, there was other reports. I don't have it in here that said like she didn't really have gotten in bad vibes or anything for him from him prior to. Like I don't think she would have gone if she had, right? But so, that brings up the argument of someone yes. who's all sly and stuff and these fucking psychopaths have the tendency to be able to do this and the manipulation. Exactly. Exactly. How many times are we going to be bringing that up, eh? Well, it's it's a very real <sighs> factor in these sort of cases. It's so, terrifying, but it's real. So like people who are just too smooth, like run for the hills, I guess. I, I guess so. <laughs> I don't know. If they're awkward as fuck, you know the safe. Yeah. So Charles' body was later found in a shallow grave on the property along with another couple, husband and wife. Johnny Coxey and Megan McRae Coxey. They were residents of Spartanburg and the pair was reported missing on December 22nd, 2015. Like, Char like Kayla and Charles, sorry, they were hired by Todd to work on his property. Megan was killed by a gunshot wound to her head on December 25th or 26th, while Johnny was killed about a week earlier with a gunshot wound to his torso. So you know that week that she was alive after him, she went through the yeah, same sort of shit. Probably. She probably tried to escape, which is why she was killed. Well, yeah, I think um, there were some reports basically that she wasn't pleasing him like he wanted or wasn't like playing his game, right? Like she yeah. was, I mean, how did she word it? Let me just go. How did he word it? She was probably like no use to him or something like that. Yeah. I can't remember how he worded it for Kayla, but... Yeah, like you had to play the game basically to stay alive, which is disturbing. And then also something that I don't have in here too is that um, Johnny and Megan, they had were – I think they had just gotten out of prison or they were supposed to be going into prison too. So they were reported missing. But then I think a lot of people potentially thought maybe they had just like – I don't know, gone under radar or something. So it didn't seem like them as missing people were looked at quite as intensely as That's understandable. Kayla and Charles. Yeah, so, okay. Yeah. So Todd was, of course, arrested after Kayla's rescue. He would confess to the Superbike Motorsports shootings. Oh, he confessed? Yep. And the murders of Johnny and Megan. In exchange... There's always, they always want something if they're confessing to shit, right? Yeah. In exchange to have a conversation with his, his mother, give her a photograph and transfer money to the college fund of a friend's child. So that was what he wanted. When he confessed to the superbike murders, he said he shot each of the victims once in the forehead, which was a detail that was never released to the public. So they pretty much knew that. Okay. That he was the one. The search of Todd's property also uncovered numerous weapons and ammunition, all believed to be purchased illegally, but did, but they did not come up with any other bodies. They so. really? There's probably yeah. more graves out there. They did a, th I would imagine they would have done a very thorough search. hundred acres is a big property though. It is, but I feel like and they would have, but I mean, knows, they had dogs and stuff out there too. And who knows as a realtor, 
what other access he had to other properties that may not yeah. have been his own, but he was selling or looking after for a week or something like that. Or who knows, right? And you can sometimes fool those dogs too, right? They don't yeah. always sniff out the bodies too. So, um, so now something I haven't touched on yet is Todd's nickname. The is Amazon <laughs> Review Killer. The Amazon Review Killer. So this is a bit wild. Shortly after Todd's arrest, authorities discovered a number of seemingly jokingly joking product reviews on Amazon.com for various items such as a chainsaw, pot or padlocks, shovels, tasers, and gun accessories, written by a user known as simply me. It was me in quotations. Me. Which is weird. So I'm going to say some of these reviews. It's just I there was quite a few, but I think I picked like four or five here. OK, let's hear them. So one review about a padlock stated solid locks have five on a shipping container. Won't stop them, but sure will slow th slow them down till they are too old to care. So that one doesn't seem too bad. It could just mean in regards to someone trying to break into a shipping container potentially. I guess, yeah. But, I don't know. I mean, but in hindsight, but probably we know what not. It means, but, but probably not. Probably not. Another padlock review said, works great. Also, if someone talks back, go old school on them by putting this in a sock and beating them. They will not appreciate the hardened steel like you will. Works great on shipping containers, too. All right. Okay. That's kind of fucked up, eh? Yeah. <laughs> on his, it just gets more and more fucked up, I feel like. On his chainsaw review, he wrote, works excellent. Getting the neighbor to stand still while you chase him with it is hard enough without having an easy-to-use chainsaw. I'm wondering, like, are these progressive? Like, Well, the, I don't know. I don't outline? know if this is the order that, that he wrote them or anything. But... but. I'm just thinking in the perspective of, I mean, as a killer gets more and more cocky because they're getting away with things, he's probably doing more and more boastful type. Well, yeah, he was reviews. getting a, away with a lot of things. He's probably getting off on this, this sort of probably. shit too. So there was another one written for a folding shovel. It's much, much worse. It read, keep in car for when you have to hide the bodies and you left the full size shovel at home. Does not come with a midget, which would have been nice. That's offensive, but there, there. I understand the humor, honestly. Yeah, but still, like, but and then he's also talking about burying bodies. Yes, like yeah. what the frig? Um. So this is the last one I'll read. It was on a knife, and it says, "Haven't stabbed anyone yet, yet, but I am keeping the dream alive. And when I do, it will be with a quality tool like this." Okay, yeah, that one is just dark. That There's no humor in that. That's just dark. Yeah. So the reviewer's wish list page was listed, like listed his name as Todd Colehep. So. You know, as someone who really liked to do reviews, you'd think he would have just reviewed that bike shop instead of going in with a gun. <laughs> just <laughs> no saying. No shit, actually. I even said something about that earlier. He yeah. could have just done a review. Yep. A one star and saved four people's lives. Yep. Todd was charged with four counts of murder in relation to the superbike murders and one count of kidnapping in relation to Kayla's abduction. He was later charged with three additional counts of murder for the murders of Charles, Johnny, and Megan, along with one additional count of kidnapping 
and three counts of possession of a weapon during the commission of a violent crime. There were also civil lawsuits filed against him from relatives of the Superbike murders and Kayla herself. So on May 26, 2017, Todd pleaded guilty to seven counts of murder, two counts of kidnapping, and one count of criminal sexual assault. He pleaded guilty to be spared from capital punishment. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. I've got a whole boat of emotions for that one. Yeah. He was sentenced to seven consecutive life sentences without the possibility of parole. Good. Good. At least he's locked up forever. Yeah. So this guy, like, I feel like he is getting sentenced fairly well. But then he also just, like, really got away with things for far too long, too. Yeah, he did. He really did. Yeah. So although his defense swore at his sentencing that there were no more victims, there has been a lot of speculation that Todd's victim count is much higher than seven. Wouldn't be surprised. The superbike mass murder happened in 2003, and then he didn't strike again until 2015. That is like, that's a big gap. That is huge. Generally with these sort of things, like you see um, people with these these killer tendencies if for lack of better words there's there's sometimes gaps and there's usually a reason for it i mean mm-hmm. we've covered some before where um a girlfriend or a kids or something like that but he doesn't have any reasons for that gap so anytime there is a gap other than reasons they go in hiding he had no reason to go into hiding well especially because he I mean, he did that mass murder in broad daylight and got completely away with it. So in his mind, that would have just probably fueled the fire, right? If anything, he probably got a high from it and wanted to do it again. Yeah. So. um, Not to say that he couldn't have gone that long without doing it, but the odds are pretty fucking slim. I know. So Todd himself, though also repeatedly admitted there were at least two other murders, at least. At least. Because there were other times where he would admit that. So here, the next sentence. He even told his mother there were other victims when she and when she asked how many, his response was, you do not have enough fingers. I've heard that quote actually before. I've heard about that. Yeah. So police had, be, they have began investigating, searching through like unsolved homicides as Todd claimed to have shot a victim in Arizona during his interrogation. They also named Todd as a person of interest in an unsolved bank robbery and triple homicide that happened in um, in Greer, South Carolina. And that was the same year that the Superbike murders took place. But there was no definitive link and Todd was had denied any involvement. Of course he did. He is yet to give authorities any further details into more crimes he's committed. Honestly, like what's, what's the point of him buttoning up? 
He's behind bars. No chance of parole. I know. But then also, I don't know. It's probably a game. Like maybe one day he he's saving it for something. Like, I don't know. See, for me, and I mean, I don't have this mindset, so I could be way off. Or at least I really hope I don't have this mindset. Uh, but I'm for me. Probably I'm hoping so too. I'm not sure what you're going to say. <laughs> well, I'm picturing someone like that being behind bars. The only way he's going to ever relay or relive these sort of feelings of euphoria of doing these things again is by discussing with the cops, you know, his past. Mm -hmm. So there's two options. One, like you say, prolonging it and having these games with the cops, but eventually your game's going to run out and you're going to die and people just won't know about it. So how long are you going to go? Or two, you tell the story you tell how many victims there are. You say where the bodies are. You have major headlines about it. And you go down in history with your body count, which would probably make him feel as big as he possibly could. Yeah. That's my thought process and how I think like they would feel. I think they have those two options. Deny it, play games, which is minimal, or announce it and be as, have that body count as high as you can. Yeah, because he was all about his body count being high. Like he wanted it high. Most of them are. And I mean, he's only, but he's only like 51 years old, right? So is he, like that's pretty young, I feel like. So is he holding out for something? I have no idea. I don't know. I I, I don't know. But it would be very much so, like you said, probably in his best interest is to come come out with it. Yeah. I I mean, honestly, you have people at rest then. You really do. Yeah, but I, he doesn't give a shit about that. no. But in his perspective, at least he could then, for a lack of better words, and I hate to say it like this and give him that sort of tangible credit, but like go down in history with his body count number mm -hmm. and his story and how, what he did and, you know? Yeah. I, I mean, that fucking sickens me to say it, but you know what I mean. Yeah, I know what you mean. So anyway, that's the story. That's that. Fuck that guy. Yeah. Honestly, the whole best part of this story, because this guy's a piece of shit, was the whole Jerry Springer moment with the DNA <laughs> being mixed up. Yeah, that's, yeah, there was a lot of really like crazy little tidbits yeah. in this. And the fact too that he's, he went and did Amazon reviews is That just shows crazy. what kind of fucking person he is. I mean, if anything else doesn't, you know what I mean? But yeah. But then that he could be, has still been such a highly successful realtor too. Oh, that just makes me ill. Well, like you said, his intelligence, right? Yeah. So, and he was a smooth talker. So he yeah. probably knew real, he probably did sold houses really well. Yeah. Just because he's smart doesn't mean he's a good person. No. Oh gosh. Not at all. Yeah. Well, that was a good case. Good job. Yeah. There you go. Good job covering it and delivering it and giving us that Jerry, Jerry moment. Jerry, Jerry. That was all you. Well, I mean, you, you delivered it. I was just the crowd chanting at you. You were Jerry Springer. Holy heck. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I hope everyone enjoyed that. Yeah. Mika would have been that, that bald bouncer guy. What's it? Steve, I think. I'm not sure. Yeah. There were some bouncers off to the side. Our dogs would have been the bouncers. <laughs> Kiwi would have been the true bouncer. Oh, you don't want to fuck with Kiwi. No, you definitely no. don't. <laughs> no. Old man Kiwi. All right. Well, thanks for thanks for being here. Thanks for the awesome episode, babe. Mm -hmm. uh, you wanna you wanna give everyone the rundown on our socials this time, or you want me to keep doing it? Well, I mean, you have the spiel down pat here, but we're Do on. I? What are we on? We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. We have Patreon, which is super cool, and we have a website. 
And we have a Facebook page. Did I not say Facebook? You didn't. You said Insta, but you moved on. Okay. Insta is where it's at. Yeah. But no, Facebook is cool too. Yeah. So There's in, actually a lot of cool people on Facebook too. There is. Um, so we have, yeah, Instagram, Facebook, website, Patreon, and of course the newly founded Twitter, which we got to get a little more active on. And we have merch. And we have merch. Merch, merch, merch. Yeah. So go join us on any of those platforms if you feel so inclined. If not, we'll just see you next week. We appreciate you listening. We appreciate you being here and we appreciate how wicked you guys are. So, of course, until next time. Stay wicked. Mm-hmm.